What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Nerdwide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, the man right there at the Stark Industry shirt, is Mr. Chris Rivers. Chris, listen, we talked a little bit in the pre-show, or before we started recording, about Thor, Love, and Thunder. I can't wait to talk about it. Of course, you got in your background right there behind you. Uh, unfortunately, this is one of the ones we... This is one, I think, a first MCU movie in what? A year or two we haven't watched together? It might be longer than that. Uh, I think the last one we didn't see together was Endgame. Oh. So, man, that was three years ago? Four years ago. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what a time to be alive. Listen, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. All right. We're at to have a discussion, your manager and I. Just going to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 77 of the Nerdwide Podcast. Quick housekeeping before we get into it because we got some fun things to talk about again this week. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on your whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't, if you don't, <laughs> don't, if you don't Doink. enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment down below and let us know how we can improve the show. We don't know how to improve it if you don't let us know. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers there for three different monetary values. A lot of different goodies for each different tier if you want to go that route as well. But Chris, I want to catch up. How has your week been before we get on to, into all of our nerdy news and things here? Well, mine was pretty good. I only had to work three nights. so um, oh, That's right. It was a four-day week. Work week as well. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, uh, so that was good. Um, as we'll talk about later, I got back into my movie watching a lot heavier this week, so I'm excited. Uh, it's it's been good. It's been good. How's your week been? Uh, it's work was busy, which usually is coming off of a three day weekend like that with uh, patients being admitted to the hospitals and things like that. Uh, it's any, been a good uh, one though. Any new addictions that you? Uh... Oh, we're going to get into my addictions here shortly. You know, let's just go ahead and get into it. So. This week in TV, we always start off with all we've been watching and things like that. I've watched a couple episodes of Peaky Blinders, uh -huh. and I say a couple because last week, Chris, I told you I would be done with the whole series, be done, nothing to even talk about after that. Uh, there's something that got in the way of that. I'm going to talk about that shortly. Uh -huh. uh, I also watched The Challenge USA. So The Challenge has been on MTV forever, and it's still, it's still technically called MTV's The Challenge, but it was on CBS this week, and I guess it's going to be on Paramount Plus from now on, but... It has like uh, Big Brother, Love Island, Survivor, the, Ameri the Amazing Race. They put all of them together to compete for things like $500,000. And so we they played trailers for it during Big Brother. I was like, oh, you know, that seems kind of interesting. We'll, we'll wait to watch it because um, it came on, I think, Thursday night while we were at the movies. So we watched it Friday. It's, it's pretty good. But Big Brother is back. And here's where the addiction comes in. I've talked about wanting to do this for the past couple of seasons. Never really did. But they have this thing called live feeds on the Big Brother household. Where you can watch the house 24-7 through various different cameras of this thing. And I showed you during the pre-show, or the before we started recording, of what it looks like on the computer, what it looks like on my phone. And I have an addiction. Because I have not stopped watching them every chance I get. And my wife's like, she goes... Because you're ruining the show. I'm like, not really, because they don't air everything that really happens. They air all the good and juicy and drama stuff, the one that gets views and gets eyes on the channel and everything. But they don't show all of the good, juicy stuff because they can't. You only have like an hour time span to talk about things. So, but all 16 of them are in there. I already know what's going to happen before tonight's episode. 
and things like that because I've been watching it, but I'm not going to get to get the good cuts. Well, I don't watch everything because while I'm asleep, they're still awake because they're two hours behind, and a lot of these people are staying up till like 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. Sometimes I know the first time I stayed up to like 5.30, and I got home from the gym when I first started watching it. I said, oh, no, oh, no. So you can't watch everything because you're working of a day, right, Tyler? So, I mean, you can't uh-huh. possibly watch everything. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's it, it's a problem i mean i i i love it and yeah some people might call it stalkerish i mean the show's called big brother so i mean who, who no, is a stalker here it's, it's more like a peeping tom thing yeah i mean, I mean they, you don't just see everything but like that kind of stuff but it's really good big brother is is such a it's one of my favorite tv shows they don't have toilet cameras like the boys. No, so. no, 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 no. That's this about, although not... that's where I got my idea to get a bidet all those years oh. ago. And because, um, oh God, Enzo on the show, maybe two or three seasons ago, talked about the bidet. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I just looked up on Amazon, $35. So I hooked one up and that was three years ago and I've never gone back. So it was really, go. I'm doing the world a favor. Thank you, big brother. Anyways. Uh, Chris, let's talk about Miss Marvel episode five titled yes. Time and Again. We're going to go to tvline.com by Keisha Hatchet for this um, recap here. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. But before we get to the team here, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Uh, let's get. Okay. A news report at the top of Wednesday's episode offers more uh, context on the partition. The report explains that following 200 years of British rule, India was split into a secular state with Hindu majority in Pakistan, with which, which was reserved for Muslims. There were violent outbreaks and a mass migration, a consequence of a century-long British strategy to divide and rule. Um, I want to pause there. Chris, did you ever learn about the partition in school? No. we. I remember it being mentioned, mm. but I don't remember like deep dive learning about it. I don't even, it might have been mentioned to me, but I don't remember it all, at all coming from yeah. growing up here in, in Tennessee. I mean, it could have very well been, but then again, I took AP American history and I don't remember much of any of that either though. So, but this was a nice little history yeah. lesson, especially for people who never heard of it. And this was a, on Reddit, people were talking about this. Like they were, that's the same question I did. So. It was uh, it was another instance of white people telling people who aren't white where they can and can't live. Yep, a trend that's uh, unfortunately still been through history and still affecting us today for some dumb reason. Anyways, in 1942, when India was still occupied, a man named, a man named Hassan advocates for independence, and his gathering and his gathering is broken up by British soldiers. Later, he finds a woman sleeping under a tree on his land and offers her food and a place to rest. It's Aisha who seems to be running from something, but he isn't sure what. They bond and eventually have a daughter named Sanu, a.k.a. Nani. But as tensions rise, the couple experiences discrimination from being Muslim. Locals have stopped buying Hassan's flowers and refuse to sell bilk to Aisha. One evening, Najma shows up after searching for Aisha for years. It's time for them to return to their home dimension. But after starting a family of her own, Aisha isn't exactly thrilled about doing that. The following day, Aisha insists that they leave because their home is no longer safe for Muslims. As she, Hassan, and Sana walk the last train out of the country, Hassan asks about the woman he saw her speaking to the night before. That's when Aisha comes clean about her magic, showing him the bangle while demonstrating her powers. She makes Hassan promise to get Sana on the train no matter what happens, and he tells her that nothing is going to happen. 
Aisha gets separated uh, from her family to protect them from Najma, who's determined to find the bangle. Najma stabs Aisha for betraying the clandestines and goes searching for the magical jewelry. In the chaos, Sana is separated from her father. Aisha, meanwhile, grips a photo of her family and uses her last bit of strength to cast a spell. Quote, what you seek is seeking you, she utters. The same words described on Kamala's bangle. It's at that exact moment that Kamala is sent back in time. She finds a dying Aisha who tells her she has everything she needs before passing away. Kamala then reaches Sana and uses her powers to guide the child back to her father. But Sana turns Kamala's light platforms into stars, the same stars from Nani's story, which helped the rest of her get back the way to back, back to Hassan. Kamala realizes it was her, not Aisha, who led Sana to Hassan on the night of the partition. With her mission complete, the young hero returns to the alley day in the present. The veil between Earth-616 and the Nora dimension has opened, and clandestines realize they can now go home. But when Farahad attempts to pass through, she disintegrates. The veil destabilizes, shooting bursts of destructive energy that signals bad times ahead. Kamala jumps into actions, using her powers to shield the innocent bystander roof that Kareem is helping to flee the area. Uh, Najma thinks she can make it through the veil, but Kamala reminds the Jinn warrior that she has a Kamran. However, Najma already left it behind and only sees one way to close it. In her final act, she sacrifices herself to close the dangerous portal, uttering Kamran's uh, name similar to Aisha's last call. But as she does so, some of that energy finds its way to Kamran, seemingly activating his powers. Remember when Najma told Kamala in Episode 3 that she hoped the bangle would help her unlock her son's powers? Given that his fist lights up just like Kamala's when she wears the bangle, it looks like he no longer needs to tap into his own magic. Back in the alley, Maniba and Nani walk in on Kamala using her powers as a shield, and that's how Maniba finds out her daughter is the quote-unquote light girl from the news reports. Kamala then hands Aisha's photograph of her family to Nani as proof that everything her grandmother believed was real. And here's where we get the origins of Kamala's costume. When she says goodbye to Kareem, he gives her his red scarf, which she'll eventually wear around her neck. Plus, Maniba finds Kamala's necklace was broken to the shape of an emblem that will come to define her look. In a much-needed bonding between Kamala and her mother and her grandmother, Kamala learns that she and her mom are more alike than she realized. Maniba was a rebellious teenager who once ran away from home to see Bon Jovi. The mood of this episode shifts when Kamran runs up to Bruno and needs a place to crash as he has nowhere else to go. He believes his mother Najma is coming back for him despite her dying while closing the veil. He and Bruno have virtually nothing in common, so their conversation is super awkward. A drone appears outside of Bruno's window and Kamran realizes he's been followed. Both teams nearly escape as Bruno's place burns to bits. Yeah. So, not a whole lot to unpack here. The majority of the episode was the partition and Aisha and figuring out what mm-hmm. happened on the trail, trail of stars is what her grandmother calls her calls that night. Uh, it was really cool to see. It's kind of like a very Harry Potter um, and the Prisoner of Azkaban-esque episode going on there. The, right. the, the interesting stuff was, one, her costume – I love how every episode, like her costume, comes bit and bit more complete. And I just think it's a really cool way to do that. Um, right. And then the the other fun part was learning more about her mother. I think that's what this show does really well is her family aspect. But yeah. what I loved about this episode too was Bruno and Comron meeting up, and he kept calling him Brian. He said, "My name's Bruno." He goes, "I'm so sorry. I had no idea." And like he was very genuine. It wasn't like a, trying to take a jab at uh, Bruno. And I just thought it was very funny. And then him using his powers was really cool. But Bruno trying to connect with um, no uh, Cameron trying to connect with Bruno, and Bruno having no part of it. And yeah. And here's my thing too: our villains, quote unquote, for this season and the show are already dead now. And I don't, I don't believe that Cameron is going to be the villain. I think they're right. going to make it the Dod somehow, but I have, I have no idea. 
Uh, I I said to you during the pre the pre show that it was um, this flew by, mm-hmm. and just hearing you go through the recap, oh, a lot happened in terms of information. There wasn't a lot of action, right? But they paced this show so well that you feel like it's dragging. Mm-hmm. And they got to the end, and I thought there was still half an episode left to go. Like it, they did a really good job it, with it. Yeah, um, I kind of had flashbacks. It's not it, it. They don't have the same effect. But when um, when they're disintegrated by mm. the veil. I thought about Terra Genesis. Ah, good old. Because at first, that at first they're kind of it almost looks like a rock. Right, they rocked it up. Cr- it, it crumbles away, and you see a skeleton, and then that falls to the mm-hmm. ground. Very traumatic, um, by the way. Did not expect that, but yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. It kind of made me wonder: is that a related process? Are we just seeing it done differently? Mm, because technically, Miss Marvel's an inhuman. Yeah. So, mm, that's a good question, Chris. Maybe that's how they tie it in here somehow. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we get, maybe we get uh, this world's black bolt showing up in the. God, I miss Anson Mount. <laughs> so maybe we, we got next week's the finale. I don't really have a lot of predictions. I don't. It's hard to know where they're going. Yeah, because I mean, they still have to come back to America, get back to New York. Uh-huh. I mean, Bruno and Comrade are running for their lives, I guess. And I just don't. Again, all I see is Peter Parker with Bruno, anyways, because he was supposed to be Peter Parker. It's weird, but I just don't know where we go but, from here. A lot of people are calling this their favorite series of the MCU, like the TV shows. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm. I mean, I can see what people say that. It's just not my kind. I'm trying to remember what was yeah. my first, anyways. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I need to watch all those at some point. Yeah. Um. It- I think the only thing we do think will happen is that we'll get either uh, Carol Danvers or Monica Rambeau mm. in, the, or in the finale. Hopefully one of those. But I can see them putting yeah. a scroll in there like they did at the end of WandaVision with uh, uh, Rambeau. So that's what I'm worried about. Or, or Nick Fury. I'd be okay with that too. I don't know if he'll do TV though, but I'm okay with that. Um but and one thing we know for sure, though, she'll have her full suit, though. We hope. God, I hope they do. Yeah. Hope they don't do the whole little last-minute thing of the suit. So, we will see. But one more yeah. episode of that. And then, Chris, here's, here's a good one for the week. We're starting. We're going to end this, our uh, recaps on a high note. The Boys, yeah. Season 3, Episode 8, The Instant White Hot Wild. Going back to EW.com. O.com slash TV by Alex Raymond for this one. The episode opens up with Homelander tracking down his son, Ryan, who's had a rough go of it lately. After being rebuffed by Butcher earlier in the season, Ryan's desperate for the love of a legitimate parent. So naturally, when Homelander appeals to that fractured part of Ryan, he folds, leaving his caretaker Mallory behind flying off the sociopathic bio dad. Unbeknownst to Ryan, the rest of the world ain't too happy with his daddy. After Starlight broadcasted Homelander's threatening rant at the end of the last episode, Vought's stock plummeted, and a throng of protesters set up camp outside Vought Tower to demand the return of the prison queen Maeve. 
Fearing what could happen if Maeve is allowed to speak her truth, Vought CEO Ashley and the Deep decide to move her to a secure location. Leave it to the show's resident idiots to pull a move as dumb as that. <laughs> okay. Fair yeah. point. Um, Maeve easily overpowers her escorts and escapes the van. Back with our soup hunters, Butcher, Huey, and Soldier Boy make their way back to the city uh, after last episode's woodland battle with Mindstorm. But as the trio stops at a gas station, Butcher knocks Huey unconscious and drives off. It's cold as hell, but also sort of sweet. It's Butcher's way of protecting Huey, his surrogate little brother, after learning that Temp V is fatal. Later, Starlight picks up Huey from the gas station and tells him the truth about the Temp V. Huey apologizes for acting like a jerk, and Starlight forgives him. They're not exactly back together, but it seems like there's hope for Hugh- hashtag Hughlight in the future. I like that. Hughlight. <laughs> Upon arriving in New York, Huey and Starlight strategize with the remainder of their team, Kimiko, Frenchie, and Mother's Milk. Linking some much-needed muscle to the crew is Maeve, who finds her way to their hideout and offers a helping hand. Sort of. Frenchie has obtained a dose of Novichok, a nerve agent that Russians use to create, uh, created to subdue Soldier Boy, and the boys plan on using it to take him down, even if that means letting Homelander walk free. The Maeve is dead set on using Soldier Boy to eliminate Homelander, so she throws a Novichok out the window, and let's hope it was towards the ocean, or the river, mm-hmm. because that could have killed somebody. I'm just going to be honest here. <laughs> yeah. Because she just yeah. chucks it, just throws it straight yeah. through the window. Oh... Let's see. The team's argument is cut short uh, by the arrival of Butcher and Soldier Boy, who make clear the intent to head to Vaught Tower and destroy Homelander. Starlight, Huey, and pretty much everyone else vehemently oppose this idea, as there are thousands of innocent people in that tower that would become collateral damage to Soldier Boy. With Maeve's help, Soldier Boy and Butcher trap Huey, Starlight, M.M., Kimiko, and Frenchie in a locked safe and head to Vaught. Eventually, Starlight is able to blast her way out of the safe, so the boys race to the tower with the Hail Mary of a plan to create more Novacek in the Vaught lab and eliminate Soldier Boy. As the boys jet across town, Black Noir returns to Homelander's side, ready to face Soldier Boy. But we'll have to deal with one soup at a time. Homelander confronts Noir about his Soldier Boy being his father, and Noir admits that he knew about it all along. So, of course, in Homelander fashion, he kills him. Uh, yeah. He is for sure dead. He is not coming back. Ripped his entrails out. Yeah, and he was still sitting there breathing with the little uh, uh, animated characters right there. It was a little heartbreaking. It was uh, yeah. a little little heartbreaking there. Yeah. Uh, so, that's not the smartest move on Homelander's part as he comes face-to-face with Soldier Boy and a V'd-up butcher with no backup. Homelander appeals to Soldier Boy's fatherly instincts, begging him to fight by his side and introducing him to his grandson, Ryan. For a beat, it seems like Soldier Boy might just join his family, which I thought was going to happen. Uh, but upon seeing Homelander cry, Soldier Boy chastises him for being uh, children hold your ears a pussy, and resolves to put him down. With diplomacy off the table, the new battle, father and son clashing beneath the bright lights of the Vought newsroom, Soldier Boy gains an edge on Homelander, powering up to blast away his powers for good. There's a complication. Ryan is in the room. Butcher has a choice. Let Ryan die to fulfill this quest for revenge, or save Ryan and let Homelander walk free. Butcher chooses a light, using his laser eyes to knock Soldier Boy off Homelander, just in time for Starlight and Maeve to join the fray. While Huey slips into the control room and evacuates the building, Homelander and Maeve proceeded to uh, proceed to beat the living crap out of each other while Starlight, Butcher, Emma, and Kimiko take on Soldier Boy. But Soldier Boy is simply too strong, and as he charges up to kill Starlight, Huey watches from the control room faced with a dilemma of his own. Earlier in the episode, he found a vial of Tent V in the safe house, so does he risk this life by shooting up and teleporting to, in to save Starlight, or does he put his ego aside and help Starlight save herself? Like Butcher, Huey chooses the light. Literally, cranking up every light source in the newsroom, thereby giving Starlight the power to hold her own against Soldier Boy. Uh, she also flew, which is, I think is going to be a yeah. big thing in the next season. Um, but I'm going to get through this paragraph. I want to talk about this. 
Uh, Starlight Butcher, ML McKimico, restrained Soldier Boy, and dosing with a Novichok. Eventually, just finishing, just finished, Frenchie just finished brewing. But time is running out. Soldier Boy fights back, repairs, and blows up all the kingdom to come. So, the whole Starlight thing, and we're going to talk about this whole episode when I get done with the whole recap, but I have to put this in there. The She powers up and everything, and she hits Soldier Boy with a full blast of that, and he barely got knocked back. And I'm like, are your powers that weak, or is he just that strong? And I think I think it's the latter. I think he is just that strong. And with Homelander coming up, she's not going to have a chance with that kind of blast against him. So, it's a whole, I don't know, Mr. Light versus Superman kind of thing in the DC. So, like, there's you're, no matter how much you charge up, you're not going to hurt Superman. Not with that. I wonder if she'll find a way to utilize solar power. See, that's what that's where I'm starting to think too. But yeah. I don't know if it's like an electricity thing that's her basis of her power. I don't know, but and we've got two more seasons to find out, really. But and I gotta, I'll talk about when we get done this episode too. Oh, this is a recap. Um, and just as he's about to do it, Maeve makes a difficult decision of her own. Putting aside her bandana against Homelander to tackle Superboy, she sends them both tumbling out the window as Soldier Boy explodes into a giant mushroom cloud. Homelander escapes with Ryan while Maeve and Soldier Boy are presumed dead. We catch up with the boys sometime later when we learn that Maeve didn't die in the explosion. She lost her powers. Reunited with her girlfriend, Elena, Maeve plans on skipping town and living a quiet life away from Vaught. Um, Arthur says, good for her. I'm sure that's going to work out. Also still alive is Soldier Boy, who's been returned to captivity, watched over by a bitter and broken Agent Mallory. Uh, the final act of this episode teases a major storyline for Season 4. Earlier, Homelander ordered the Deep to show his loyalty by executing the American pri- Vice President candidate. It wasn't clear at the time why that was important, but a news broadcast now brings everything into focus as we see Homelander Ally Newman, Ally Newman selected as the new VP candidate. One can only assume that once she wins the election, some sort of presidential accident will usher her into Oval Office in short order. The finale ends with a disturbing scene outside of Vaught where Homelander introduces Ryan to the world. When a liberal protester calls Homelander out, hitting Ryan in the process, a soup lasers the protester on the spot, just blowing his head to smithereens is awesome. Um, poor little uh, after a beat of silence the crowd erupts in applause due to Todd which is M.M.'s uh, daughter stepdad God, I, can't yeah. stand, I cannot stand him uh, poor little Ryan basking in the adoration of the Homelander fanatics succumbing to his father's indoctrination and shattering my heart into a million pieces with a small little smile that's what it is so uh, I'm getting I really go First off, this whole season was probably the best one that they've had. Period. No, you know, exclamation mark, whatever you want to put there. But I am getting a little tired of every finale being Homelander and Butcher looking at each other and then both walking away. And that'd be good. And I mean, sure, we get, but the little reveal of Butcher's got like six months or so to live, if that, um, which is going to be a big thing for next season. But. I just like, uh, come on. I mean, you, you can't yeah. kill your, your number one villain, though, and I get that. They'll give him the real compound V and his body will heal. Mm-hmm. That's what will happen. That's the yeah. only way he survives. Either there, they find someone with healing powers and heals them somehow. Yeah. It's superhero world. You never know how it happens. What did you think of the right. episode, Chris? I liked it. Um, it seemed like it was time for black noir to go just because mm-hmm. they never really utilized the guy no. like he was always on the fringe uh it, it's tough because he's a character that doesn't speak so how do you have him play a bigger role well uh, i thought it opposed... was 
was really cool how we found out this episode like he's been making um facial emotes the whole time yeah. and homelander could see him he's like i can see when you're smiling i can see when something bothers you i can see when you're scared when you're angry and i'm like that's a good point like, i keep forgetting he's got yeah. x-ray vision yeah. and I that was a very good point um i i also wasn't upset that they did what they did with mave because they i don't feel like they I'm not even sure they've ever consistently used her properly. Mm -mm. Like, she's just kind of been off to the side. They've focused from the jump, understandably, on Homelander. Right. But I felt like we should have gotten more of their backstory. Yeah. As opposed to them just talking about it. Shown some of the stuff um, to drive home that point. Why? You know, she tells him at one point this season that uh, she never could stand him. Right. So, oh, man. man, when she made his nose bloodied, and like, you see that mm-hmm. smirk on her, and she she went uh, real crazy after that. I was really enjoying it. The, the, whole, the yeah. whole fight choreography, choreography between uh, Homelander and Maeve was really well done. Soldier Boy, Butcher, and the boys was really well done as well. Um, I love – damn, I love this show. It's so good. And like, I just want more – and I'm not gonna be surprised if I catch myself rewatching the series again, especially season three, uh, with the next couple of weeks, just because it's all here. You should go back to back to back. If I could get done with the BB live feeds, um, I'm trying to think what else was like really exciting. Newman being the VP, which I had yeah. no idea what the deep was killing uh, the vice president. That didn't really make any sense to me until the end. Again, good writing. I feel like on that part. Yeah. So, but I just, I, uh, with Maeve, I, I wonder if they should have just killed her off. Like, I don't, I mean, Soldier Boy didn't die. Maeve didn't die. The only one we had was uh, Black Noir. And that didn't really uh-huh. feel earned, I want to say. It was more so proving how batshit crazy uh, Homelander is. Oh my which God. we already know that. But, uh, I don't know. It was okay. Yeah, uh, I... Aside from finding out next year what, like you said, is Starlight pulling electricity? Now, maybe she gets into a building where they use solar power. Right. And she's therefore funneling solar energy through the electricity in the building to power herself up. Maybe that takes her to another level. There's one thing I want from season four really early on. I want M.M. in a room with Todd oh, and just... I want him done. Rip, yeah, I want him ripped apart. I don't want it to be a quick one. Right. I want him to just be completely shredded. I would even be okay with him getting injured and then killed by Homelander. I'd be okay with that just because it's... Because that's the the one he worships. Yeah, and he's he's not your Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. Observations that they do at the end of this epi- at the end of the recaps that I always like to read off. No line of dialogue sums up French's personality better than I once took a Spaniard's ear for jabbering at a screening of 27 dresses. It's pretty funny. In an episode full uh-huh. of blood and guts, I think the most gruesome image was the reveal of Ashley's nearly bald head, a byproduct of the immense stresses of her job. Did not see that coming. That was very funny because uh-huh. we've, we've had several episodes of her just pulling out hair. And right. uh, she wears a wig now, so didn't see that one. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, the deep continues to provide an ocean of comedic relief, crying his eyes out, binging, uh, binging Cool Ranch Doritos while watching his ex-wife on a talk show advertising her new memoir, In Too Deep. <laughs> this is peak TV. Agreed. Yeah. Although something tells me we haven't seen the last of Maeve, it's really nice to see someone get a happy ending in this show. I just hope it sticks, but it's probably not going to. No, probably not. The only um, way I would say that it is is because Ashley and Ashley, her assistant, deleted that file of Maeve being picked up out of the out of the alley by the boys. So that's the only silver lining, I think. But here, okay, here's my thing too. Soldier Boy's explosion is pure uh, uh, radiation, right? Because that's how they always found him with a Geiger counter. With that big of a mushroom cloud in the middle of New York City, wouldn't that have been like Chernobyl? I mean, <laughs> everyone just walked away uh, free. So a lot, a lot of other people would have radiation poisoning. Yes, at, at the very least. So, actually, that was funny. Yeah. Just something and to mention. Plus, plus, you would think that even if Maeve survived because of her powers she mm -hmm. had in the moment, that she would be radioactive. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's ladies and gentlemen, that's the boys season three. Um love the show. We can't wait for season four. They start filming like we said a couple weeks ago in August twenty second, I believe, is when uh, Carl Urban's gonna be on set. So we still have a month and a half that they even start. I think we should get it maybe around this time. Next year, if not the beginning uh, of twenty twenty four. Hopefully. May not. May May or June, maybe. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. So that gives them time to film some episodes, you know, get things uh, CGI'd in and produce it. So I just can't wait. I love this damn show. All right. Speaking of shows that I love and I'm going to love, number one on our news here is Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio returning for Echo. I'm going to the uh, HollywoodReporter.com for this one. This is about Aaron Couch and Boris Kitt. Marvel Studios has some devilish chant, uh, plans in store for Echo, the upcoming Disney Plus series currently filming in Atlanta. I didn't know they were filming. Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, who, uh, who portray classic Marvel Comics characters Daredevil and the Kingpin, respectively, have joined the series, which stars Hawkeye Breakout and Aliqua Cox as Maya Lopez. Marvel has had no comment. The move is the latest sign of Marvel Studios' efforts to weave in popular characters from Netflix's now-defunct Marvel shows such as Daredevil into the fold. Sources say Echo will include a plotline in which Daredevil, who alter ego's blind attorney Matt Murdock, is searching out a former ally. Uh, podcast The Weekly Planet has reported that ally is Jessica Jones, another Marvel character who top her own Netflix series and was played by Kristen Ritter. If Ritter as Jones does indeed make an appearance in Echo, that would leave Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and the Punisher as a street-level crime fighter still left to be reintroduced into the MCU. So Vincent D'Onofrio, we kind of guessed he was going to be in Echo. Yeah, with the ties to that character. Yes. Charlie Cox, I had no idea. And uh, Jessica, if uh, Jessica Jones is in it, what kind of debunked are She-Hulk? Well, maybe. So, mm -hmm. we will maybe. see. It's exciting, though. I really, really like that. So, Bernthal will be back as Punisher. Mm -hmm. We don't know about Mike Coulter. Listen, Luke Cage. if anybody, they need him back more right. than the guy that plays Danny Rand. I forget his name. Well, but... that that was my that was my point. Like, I think you, especially at this time, because it was controversial when they did it for the Iron Fist series, 
but now more so than ever, you're gonna have to properly cast that character. Yeah, one hundred percent. You can't have a white guy playing an Asian character. Yeah, it's, it's, we, we, you can't do that anymore. So no, we'll see what happens. I'm really excited to to see that show. Echo, I'm actually pretty excited about. I thought her character was really interesting in Hawkeye. And so mm-hmm. she's more she's one that I want to learn more. I didn't know they were already filming, so I guess I never got my extra callback from that one. So I guess oh, they don't, yeah. I guess they don't need me. Um, that sucks. Speaking of needing they're, people, <laughs> Supernatural prequel the Winchester sets is premiere for October 11th. So looking looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll check it out. I did see the announcement of the CW's um, lineup. You know, they're saving the Flash and Superman and Lois and. Um, Gotham Knights for mid-season. Mm. Um, what about Stargirl? We haven't heard about that yet. I think I think Stargirl's on mid-season as well. So yeah. it's like they're pushing all the superhero stuff to mid-season. But uh, outside of the Winchesters, they don't really have anything for me on yeah. that network. I mean, they got Walker, but I mean, neither one of us watches that. Right. Or interested in that? So I mean. I got a question for you, mm-hmm. just because it just popped into my head. So Jared Padalecki obviously stars on Walker. Mm-hmm. Who would you want him as in the MCU? God, see, here's my problem because you'd have to have. I would want all three of the supernatural actors. I want Jensen Ackles, Jared Padalecki, and Misha. What's his last? Is it Collins? Collins. Yeah. Oh, man, I had that nailed that bad boy. I would have to have them three all in something because they in the same property. See, yes, no, no, but I'd want them all in the MCU and to have a, a conversation or something at some point together. But man, Jared Padalecki, I could see him being a villain of some sort somehow. Like you're like, uh, more like an anti-hero than a villain because he can do um, both. Here's. So. Here's and and I and I don't know why. I'm curious as to how he would be in the part, but I'm thinking Johnny Blaze. Oh, that would be really good. Ghost Rider. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna bring back uh, what's his name, uh, as Ghost Rider from Marvel Shield. I'm drawing a blank know. on. I don't. It's not Danny. Yeah. I'm still thinking of Danny Rand. Um, but oh, that's going to bug me. I'll think of it at some point. Releases this week, Monday, July 11th. we got a doubleheader for you. The Bachelorette starts on ABC and Better Call Saul on AMC. The Bachelorette, I'm excited for because Chris, they're throwing a twist this year. Two Bachelorettes, same time. Never been done in history. Never been I'm, done. I'm so. calling it now. They reject everybody and they get together. I mean, it could happen. It's the Bachelor. There's, there's your super twist. <laughs> super right. twist at the end. Uh, sorry, we don't choose any of you. We choose ourselves. Goodbye. Right. And just end it. Mic drop right there. <laughs> right. That's all I've got for TV this week. Listen, as a reality fan, I am thriving, and we've got Love Island coming out next week. Oh man. I'm just saying. Between How the live feeds it? and all these shows, I don't. Where's my time going? <laughs> I'm I'm not concerned until you start showing up for the podcast and and saying, "Hey, I didn't have time to watch." Our shows. <laughs> so, uh, I didn't watch you. Think I'm sorry, Chris. 
hair's disheveled, beard's grown out real, real untamed. <laughs> but did oh, you hear Lord. what happened on Tuesday night in the Big Brother house? Chris, let me tell you. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. On to movies. And, of course, our big one this week is Thor, Love and Thunder. But, Tyler, did you watch anything else? I did. So, I don't know. I don't remember. Did we talk about it last week where – did I talk about the Fantastic Beasts last week? I don't. I don't recall. Yeah, I don't think I did. Sorry, I was putting everything into letterbox and everything. Um, so last week we watched Fantastic Beasts with the second one, which was not the Secrets of Dumbledore. It was I already forgot the title, but we watched it. And this week we watched Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore, which is the last of the trilogy, quote unquote, could be the last of the whole shebang. And let me tell you, it should be. Like, I just don't, Jamie and I watched it and it's just not a, it's an okay movie, but like the story is not good because this was, Johnny Depp was Grindelwald for the mm-hmm. first movie and a second one. And then the, obviously the Amber Heard nonsense started. He got cut from it. And so they put Mads Mikkelsen in, which is again, a great actor, but when you got used to Johnny Depp as this character and they completely changed this guy's look, he doesn't have the iconic, he's got two different color eyes, he's got bleach blonde hair. It just didn't work. And then, like, the story felt, like, all over the place and did not make any sense. And, like, I Googled last mm-hmm. night that after we watched it, it says, is this the last movie? And everyone says it is. But some people say there's two more coming. But, but well, it you not only have real big, too. So. You, you not only have the, uh, the casting change, but then you have everything swirling around about J.K. Rowling. Yes. And it's... Yeah, so probably not a good because this came out earlier this year, and it flopped hard at the mm-hmm. theaters. So and rightfully so because it's not it's not a good movie. Like the uh, the fighting, like the magic they do and things, awesome. Storyline mm-hmm. horrible. So um, I'm like, okay, I am I'm okay with this. Just burning good effects, crackers. but uh, yeah, no substance. Mm-mm. Um, I finally got to. Uh, to get back to some movie watching this week and i watched a bunch of vincent price films i've got volumes one and three of this set came from uh screen factory i think you can still get it it's like 40 some dollars for six films um volumes one and three are still in that price range um volume two they have not been able to re-release so you can only get them third party, and they're charging like 140 bucks for oh, the because the it's, they don't make them anymore because it's out of print. Yep. Uh, but the four I watched so far out of that uh, were the Pit and the Pendulum, which I'd seen that one before, uh, the Abominable Doctor Fibes, the Haunted Palace, and the Fall of the House of Usher. So let me and... the Fall of the House of Usher because. Um... Mike Flanagan is making a Netflix series about the fall of House of Usher. Is it? Do we know if it's a remake of it or just a different storytelling of it? Or all of the House of Usher is based on the Edgar Allan Poe right. story. Um, so I'm guessing the Netflix series is just going to be more detail oriented and stretched out. Okay. Whereas this was in like an hour and a half movie. Um, is is it scary to the point that I would not enjoy it? 
So the film that I watched, no. Okay. I, I don't know what they'll. I, I don't know what they'll do with the um. With with the Netflix series, they may. I, it's it's gonna be scary. It's Mike yeah. Flanagan. I mean, Mark Hamill's in it. Rahul Coley. Um, I forget the lady's name that stars with them, but they're in it, and all Mike Flanagan stuff is scary shit. So. Yeah. I might. Mm. So I'm I'm sure that that's the way that it'll go. But uh, I gave all these anywhere from three and a half to four and a half stars. So um, what you're telling me is I need to watch these. I I would always recommend people watch these. Are they streaming anywhere? Um, that I don't know. Now I know that Shout Factory, which owns Scream Factory, I think they still have their own streaming service. So I think they put stuff they have the rights to on there. I mean, if nothing else, I'll, I'll let you borrow this. But House on Haunted Hill is another of his. Well, that, that's yeah, one that Mike yeah. Flanagan's done on uh, Netflix. Uh-huh. And then House of Wax, he was also in. Um, of course, one of his last roles was in Edward Scissorhands. Huh. Uh, I know that. Yeah, he was the he was the Edward's creator. Um, I've always loved Vincent Price's. He's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, he was extremely busy as an actor, and just really fun to watch because, like, there usually the look he has is what's on the cover of of this, where it's dark hair. He's got the mustache. You know, classic gentleman. but occasionally you'll have a film where, um, like in Fall of the House of Usher, I, I don't think he had a mustache, and he had his hair bleached, Ooh, uh, bleached blonde. So, so that was it was a different different look for him. But it's always fun. You get some people that pop up in these. Um, the next one I've got to watch is Mask of the Red Death. And, Are these uh, all Edgar Allan Poe stuff? He he. So he teamed up with Roger Corman on a lot of Edgar Allan Poe stories. Because I, the day. he's one of my favorite authors, yeah. and I've got a whole yeah. book that's actually up in Zoe's room. That's like of all of his short stories and stories and everything. It's like a whole giant book that mm-hmm. I, I just one day just want to or one year sit down and and just read them all because in yeah. in school, of course, we read that a lot in English classes. I absolutely loved his writing and how he saw the world and things like that. I just loved it. Yeah, yeah. I've got a book similar. It's probably so thick, and it looks like a a really old book. Um, There's two more in here. It's The Mask of the Red Death and Witchfinder General. I know that a couple of the films that he did with Corman were also based on H.P. Lovecraft. Mm, Another good one. Um, yeah, so it's definitely worth checking out for people that want to. Um, and they're they're older films, so if you're somebody that can forgive some of the special effects based on what they had to work with at the time, yeah. but some of the stuff still looks really good. And some Sounds of it's like still we really... need to add some of that to uh, our Halloween watch-alongs. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There's a lot of stuff we, we've talked about this year we want to watch for Halloween. I think we need to start in September. I'm just going to be honest. Might as well yeah. just start in September, 
and same thing for October. Just have all of them. I even do the put all the movies we think of that we didn't get to last year because I still have them in my notebook and do the roulette as well. But that way we got four it. more weeks for it. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it, and it works out because we don't have an MCU movie until November. Mm, yeah. Oh. So oh, that's it, smart. It works out perfectly. Okay, I like it. All right, now Thor. Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to get into spoilers. Not yet. May, this is mainly going to be impressions. We're going to get into spoilers in two weeks. Yep. So I'll go ahead and say next week we're going to review Dirty Daddy, the Bob Saget documentary or tribute on Netflix. And then the next week we'll have our Thor spoiler discussion mm-hmm. um, for our film. And um, impressions. I gave. I'm just going to jump right out and say. Uh, first off, I gave this a four out of five. Okay. And you and I saw this separately. The theater I saw it in, number one, was nowhere near as comfortable as where we normally see the movies. <laughs> uh, no, no recliners in in this theater. So I'm gonna have to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. But until about 10 minutes before the preview started, the seats that were sold earlier in the week when I got my ticket were the only ones with people in them. Really? The front five rows down at the bottom uh, toward the screen were empty the whole time. Which is okay, those seats are not good anyways. Well, but this theater was nowhere near a sellout. Oh. And it was... It was 12.50 on a Saturday afternoon. Mm. Listen, I wish I was not busy because so. I almost texted you, I think Friday, because we had a birthday lunch we went to and then saw a new baby and everything. But I almost texted you and said, hey, I want to watch this again. Where and what time? Because <laughs> I wanted to watch it again. Um, I gave it a four as well because it's good movie. has a little bit of a pacing problem at some points. Mm-hmm. Um, but how I describe it to the people who asked me how I enjoyed it, it's I, I so Thor Ragnarok I loved. I talked about it last week. This right. one is almost as good as Thor Ragnarok for me. Like if if I did our letter grades, I, Thor Ragnarok's like an A minus. This one's a B plus for me. Like it was just it was almost there, but wasn't quite there. Um, it was really good to see Natalie Portman again as mm-hmm. Jane Foster. I think she. Her and Tessa Thompson pretty much stole the the whole show, the whole movie for me. Right. Uh, Chris Hemsworth obviously great. I mean, he does great the whole time. Um, Christian Bale was very creepy, although there were some points that I felt like he was. I tried to describe this to Jamie that night, but I can't can't really get it out as well as I wanted to, and probably still can't tonight. But like, there's a certain point that he points that he gets comic, e, like he gets um. He doesn't do creepy. He does trying to be kind of funny. And I'm like, eh, I prefer if it was just straight um, yeah. creepy and evil the whole time. Mm-hmm. But there was like, I know for sure that there's one point that he, he does it. We'll talk about it in two weeks. That it's on purpose for yeah. an audience, which is, which is great. But <clears throat> he used that same voice and attitude in different parts of that movie. And I was like, ah, that just, that doesn't really hit for me. And then, Trying to think of what else I want to say. 
that's spoiler free um thor was just excellent the the music was the soundtrack of this movie i've even put it on my spotify playlist for the gym it, it's just straight it's great all of it is, is phenomenal um especially of its guts and roses so God, if you like yes them, and i mean it, not a bad thing not a bad thing no and I, I loved it. It was it was a good movie. I, I I liked it a whole lot. It wasn't love, but it's one of those ones I want to see more of, because there's one scene that I want to go through and pause, just to see, um, what I know who and know. where it's, is going on. Um, you're 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 wanting to pause the scene where Thor's naked. Yes, I know. Just uh, listen. How Jack do you have to get for this role? I mean, this is the biggest he has ever been, and I'm like, are you really selling that? Because he's got that uh, weight loss. All I know and, is and uh, muscle building app called Center, and I'm like, how much are you trying to promote that? Because all I know is the ladies fainted. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was nice. So I, it was a good movie. I uh, can't wait to talk about spoiler uh, free well spoilers for it because um, it's a lot of fun. So there's there's a couple of things I want to mention that I don't think are really spoilery. Okay. That kept this from being higher rated for me. Um, and I have it third on my Thor list. I. I have a certain affinity for the first one. I feel like that's that's my favorite Thor movie. Really? Yeah, followed by Ragnarok. Okay. And then this is this is sitting behind. And of course, we all know where Dark World is. Yeah, on everybody's uh, MCU list as a whole, we know where it's at. <laughs> there's there's no light down there. No. That's why it's so dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a couple of problems that I have with this film. I feel like they reached a lot. Yeah. For comedy, yes, and and go ahead. I'll let you finish it. I'll I'll say they, what I thought about they, that too. They they reached a lot for comedy, both in terms of just overall how many jokes they tried to put in, but also going back to the well on certain things mm-hmm. way too often, to the point that when it when it happens later in the film, and it would have been effective. It's no longer effective because by that point, every, I mean, even the kids in the theater I was in were no longer reacting to it. Yeah. Dug into um, the ground. Yeah. And if, if you want to talk about what specifically that is, because it's not really a spoiler. Uh, but we'll, we'll pass up on it because it'll be. Okay. Because I don't want to. Because it's kind of in the trailers, but not really. But I feel like Taika Waititi, the the Thor movies have been talked about in positive ways for the humor in them mm-hmm. for so long. I feel like he's trying to live up to that, yeah. and he didn't quite do that here. They needed someone with good comedy senses involved in the editing process to say, guys, we don't need this in here. Right. Like, th- this isn't. So, so with, with along that, because Steven, one of the guys that went with me, you've met him before at my house, because um, mm-hmm. he went, because we went early enough, because he won't go like to the later ones. But with, he says, I, he goes, I would have loved it. He said, but like what you were saying, it's, 
there was too many jokes. Like, it was too jokey. But then it was too serious. He said, with Thor Ragnarok, it stayed, like, right there in the middle. He's like, there was serious when it needed to be and jokey when it needed to. He said, this one's like a pendulum. I just kept swinging back and forth. And, like, it was not – there was no happy medium. It was trying to be way too funny and then trying to be really serious. And there was, like, no happy right. medium there. Which I was like, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, good way to point put that. So, But still a good movie. Just could have been better if there was simmered down just a little bit on it. So that was that was actually a small part of my issue. The bigger issue tied to this, and again, this isn't spoilery. We're not talking. Um, we're not talking specifics. You're never given a reason to believe that mm. Thor is in danger. Yeah. They don't. They don't build Gore up. But at the same time, the the issue that that kind of comes out of that because after i had time to sleep on it um i i really started thinking about gore's not really a bad guy Mm -mm. that's what makes him a good villain he's he's not he's not a guy that's you know he's not inherently evil right he's what tips him over um we we can talk about the very first scene, right? Because it's the first scene of the movie. I would no, because it it gets into stuff that hasn't been shown or anything yet. Okay, we'll have to hold All it right. off. But I'm right there with you. It's, but the uh, it's the reason thing. the yeah the the reason that he he loses it really is isn't even so much what happens in the first scene. Mm-hmm. It's what happens in the aftermath of that, mm-hmm. and something that uh, it's a revelation that happens that causes him to just go over the edge yeah and And which i I think anybody would do yeah yeah but he never throughout the rest of the movie he does things that you're like that's not cool to do right but he never really that we see puts anyone else to a level of danger where you're thinking this guy is this he's not Thanos right oh yeah no no not at all he's not he's not trying to wipe out half of life in the universe mm. he's got his target and uh but they just don't they just don't build him up we hear that he's done things right but we don't see what he's done and that's that's my biggest issue with him because I feel like if they would have put some of those things in the movie it would be a little bit more threatening and yeah. he just wasn't but we'll get into that in a couple of weeks because I got a yeah. lot of thoughts on those so yeah but you know in general it's really good mm-hmm. it's just there's things that would have made it better that they couldn't get to because they were trying out other things I think mm-hmm. the Jane storyline's fantastic phenomenal which i was wondering Um, if that's how they were going to do it yeah um they do tie it to the comics Mm -hmm. so if you know about the comics you're gonna have an idea where they're going um there is a mid-credit and post-credit scene mid-credit had me and jimmy excited yeah but the post-credit's good too right because the post-credit 
I've already seen a lot of theories about the post credit scene. I'm trying to think about the post credit one. I can never remember that one. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've already seen theories of people wondering how for lack of a better term what the fallout's going to be for that if it, any. I don't think there will be. I think it'll just kind of uh let's put a bow on this. Maybe. So, I don't know. At, at the same time, I feel like if you were going to do it for that reason, you could have put it in the movie proper. Mm. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but I will say this. We had we had talked a week or two ago because it had come out that Lena Hetty had been involved with the film that she had filmed scenes with Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Christian Bale was part of that, right? Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, we kind of speculated at the time, could that be a post-credit scene that that's why we're here and it's not in the movie? Right. I'm just going to say this. Those characters do not appear. Yeah, we were wrong. <laughs> so... It's, We're wrong. I hope that they they're gonna have to be in the uh, deleted scenes though, when it comes out on DVD, because I don't yeah, feel like there's I'm, no reason you don't put those in. So, I think it's got to be tied to one or two kills that we didn't get to see that well, Gore made. Jeff Goldblum, his character lives in Asgard, lives in New right. Asgard. So he, because uh, that's in one of the shorts or something that I've never seen. Apparently, I need to watch that. But he lives in New Asgard. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know why they didn't put them in there. But uh-huh. too many jokes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good, good flick. I, I, I just ooh, ooh, there. Let me ask you this. What's better this year for you, Elvis or this? Good question. Mm-hmm. Not that I doesn't think, want this weekend. <laughs> I think looking at them independent of one another or of of any other any other factor, I'd probably say Elvis. Yeah. Um But it's it's hard to separate it because one reason I like it is it's it's different. Yeah. Right. We've seen a lot of superhero movies mm-hmm. and we're now getting them for six week stretches on Disney plus mm-hmm. and we're you know we can't forget about so, them right you can't miss them right uh, there hadn't been prior to this Elvis movie there hadn't been an Elvis film in theaters since 1980 right so so can't be right now on if you you know right it's been 40 years away from them right so it's it's just it's just one of those things where I think for that reason, um, uh, that reason alone, I would put that up front. Yeah, that's where um, I'm at. I'm gonna say. Also, also felt it was better balanced. Yeah. Than this, it's you know, <laughs> and then that goes back to the humor being kind of, and I don't even think the humor was too much, in a lot of cases. I just think they, they went back. It was an Adam Sandler thing, right? <laughs> Where we use the same joke till it hits. 
until yeah. it hits, until it hits, then it doesn't anymore. So. All right. You just, so there's no one seeing it funny at all. Um, but a very, very good movie. I mean, it's, obviously you're going to want to see this. Uh, Guardians is set to come out, is it March of 2023? I think that's what they're aiming for. Somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. So you'll want to see this beforehand uh, just because Thor's going to be in Guardians yeah. and, and you'll want to see how that how that ties in. Uh, I don't think this is going to have an impact on any of the Disney Plus shows. No. The only thing I was excited I about with this one too is we're away from the multiverse theories with this because we knew this is nothing to do with the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, with No Way Home and... Well, since WandaVision, No Way Home, and Doctor Strange, it's all about multiverse, who could be in it, blah, 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 blah. And this one, you're like, it's just a Thor movie. We don't have to worry about the multiverse. I, I would I would like to see, um, if they do connect it, make it subtle. Yeah. Or somewhat subtle. Like maybe She-Hulk uh, has to defend someone based on something they did in New Asgard. I'd be okay with that. That'd be good. Yeah. You know? So like yeah. as a small little introduction to kind of put the connected dots just a little bit. So Right. Yeah. I'd be down for that. All right, cool. Well, you got anything else on this right now? No, I'm I'm ready to talk about it in two weeks. I'm ready to talk about All it. All right. There's another moment that I meant to bring up before the thing. We'll, we'll talk about it after the show. Um, okay. something we hadn't talked about yet. But anyway, we'll keep going. Cool. So like I said, next week we're gonna review Dirty Daddy, the Bob Saget tribute on Netflix. Be sure to check that out if you want to um, kind of be a part of the conversation. If you do watch it, go ahead and comment on this on this podcast, on this video, if you're watching on YouTube. And we'll have those comments that we can then reference on next week's show. All right. Movie news from The Hollywood Reporter and Boris Kitt. Captain America 4 finds its director and filmmaker Julius Ona. Um, And it comes also from Falcon and Winter Soldier head writer Malcolm Spellman. It says, Nigerian-American filmmaker Julius Ona, perhaps best known for helming the 2018 thriller The Cloverfield Paradox, will direct the fourth installment of the Captain America film franchise for Marvel Studios. Aaron Mackey starring in the feature, reprising his longtime Marvel character of Sam Wilson, but not, however, Wilson's longtime alter ego and Captain America sidekick, Falcon. That's thanks to the events of 2021's Marvel's Disney Plus series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which saw Wilson, after much self-doubt, finally accept the shield and mantle of Captain America. I'm ready for this. Yeah. Uh, it, we're, we're past due time for a Captain America movie. Sure, we got Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is crazy. Think about Chris. Last year. Mm-hmm. Crazy to think about. So, Yeah. So the, the question here, though, is do you think Chris Evans pops up as Steve Rogers? Listen, he says he's going to be Steve Rogers or Captain America, Steve Rogers from one more film, and he said it like four years ago, and we're still waiting. Yeah. So it's got to be this one, right? <laughs> I, it makes sense that he would pop up here to advise him or something. So, yeah. Small little um, line or something like that. Yeah, or maybe, maybe we see uh, Sam Wilson uh, seek him out, right? For some reason, or maybe he's in danger, yeah. And Sam has to save him. Yeah. 
I'm just ready for it, so we can finally put that to rest. <laughs> he does have interest, though, in, in reprising his role of Johnny Storm, so that, that could be interesting. God, don't, don't give me hope. <laughs> what, if, what if... Okay, here's, here's a what if for you. Sam goes in search of Steve because Steve's life's in danger, right? Mm-hmm. He finds him at his house. He's outside at the grill. And he's trying to work a, a propane grill for the first time, and he keeps saying "flame on," and it's that, that would be funny. That would be great, actually. <laughs> All right, next bit of news from Variety, um, and this comes from Jazz Tenke. How Austin Butler beat out Harry Styles, Ansel Elgort, and Miles Teller to play Elvis, and the the cool bit of this involves Miles Teller. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mainly where is, it comes from. Yeah. As Boz Lorman's Elvis continues to wow audiences, Austin Butler's winning rave reviews, and Oscar buzz for his portrayal of the iconic showman. Um, casting director Denise Shamian, Shamian, CSA, first spotted Butler's talent in 2013 when she was casting Les Ball's film The Maze Runner. Butler didn't get a part because he played a little too young, but he remained on her radar. He came close to playing Rooster in Top Gun Maverick, which Shamian also cast, but lost out to Miles Teller. However, the tables would turn when Shamian put Butler forward for Elvis in Lorman's film. While Lorman had his own ideas for the film star, including Teller and Harry Styles, Butler ultimately proved he had what it takes, and the rest is history. So he beats... They basically swapped roles, mm-hmm. is what that comes down to. It almost, like in, On Earth 838 or whatever else, uh, Miles Teller would have, would have played Elvis, and right. uh, Austin Butler would have played Rooster and Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. They came out this yeah. week, and I was like, "That's hilarious!" Because they're both competing on the on the uh, box office. I just thought that was very funny, uh-huh. very kind of cool. So, it is, it is, it is. It's always interesting to hear those. I mean, one of the famous stories is the first choice to play Indiana Jones was Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird to think about how all of that uh, could have been different had other things been in motion. Um, we have a discussion set for next week off this next news item. And the discussion is going to be, does the MCU feel like it has no direction during Phase 4? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself for now. Mm-hmm. But, it's it's uh, going to be a good one. We're going to go it off is. of the, the Forbes article that Paul Tassie wrote uh, filming it on Sunday, uh, July 10th. So go to Forbes.com, look for Paul Tassie on there, and read his article as well because that's um, what sparked this discussion. And I'm telling you, uh, watchers and listeners, it's a, uh, it's a good one because it's something that I feel like I've had an issue with this phase. And I even talked about after Thor this week. So Yeah. Yeah. Um. What do you think? Should I read some of this or no? Nah, I'd leave it for next week. It, it itemizes a lot of the, mm-hmm. the individual and properties. I like to tell he does it. He's a, yeah. So Paul Tassie is a, a huge Destiny player. He has a bunch of his articles mm-hmm. about Destiny for Forbes. And that's yeah. how I got on his radar. And he's a big MCU nerd and everything too. So, I'll, I'll say this. he it, it obviously jumps off with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little... I, th- I think it's a little unfair because that movie was delayed for so long. It was supposed to come out earlier. It was, sp- it was still technically it was, the, um, the start of Phase Four. That's what the right. Phase Four. But, right, but it, it. 
I, I think it threw people off because it had been so long. Mm-hmm. Two years. And it was like, God. Oh, what, what, and, and it was like, what does this have to do with what's coming up? Right. So. Uh, no new releases this week in cinemas. Uh, nothing of note for us, anyway. Kind of, kind of like gaming. Nothing coming out this week either. We're hitting that nothing end of summer lull until the fall when all your heavy hitters start coming out. Um, yep. Did you play any fun games this week? Just my usual stuff. Uh, I'll probably be wrapping up Madden here in a week or two to. Because the new one's coming out before it. it. Yeah. Because I, I don't know if that's coming out on Game Pass or not this year. I don't think they've announced it yet. But I have been playing Marvel's Avengers because uh, Thor kind of gave me that itch. The movie did. Because Jane Foster is now in the game as Mighty Thor. And it kind of gave me that little itch to want to play it. I went through and finally beat Black Panther story that came out last year. And didn't didn't even touch Jane, touched Spider Man, but hadn't even touched Mighty Thor yet. Will I go back? I don't know yet. So, if if you're gonna be touching people, ask permission. First. Yeah, that's true. So. Always ask for permission, yeah. and no yeah. means no. Um, only news story I've got here: reportedly due to the reception and poor performance of GTA the trilogy, Rockstar has scrapped remasters of Red Dead Redemption and GTA Four. We're going to Games Radar by Hiran Cryer. Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto Four remasters were reportedly canned at Rockstar. That's according to the tweet uh, from Tez2, a popular leaker among the Red Dead and GTA communities. This time, the tipster claims Rockstar was eyeing up remasters of GTA 4 and the original Red Dead Redemption a few years ago, but chose not to proceed with the projects in mind. As per the leaker, there's apparently no clear indication as to why both products were passed on within Rockstar. The leaker hypothesizes that poor critical reception to Grand Theft Auto Remastered Trilogy could be a factor, but considering the trilogy late la- launched late last year in 2021 and the two supposedly remasters were canned years ago, those details don't quite line up. So, but apparently, uh, so that makes sense though. I saw a brief story earlier this week that had the theory that they may have scrapped these because they're ready to go all in on GTA yes, 6. Yes, that's, that's where, like, uh, that's what the the theory is, that they're, they scrapped these, put all hands on deck on GTA 6 after 2021's disaster, which, don't know why you're not all hands on on anyways, although GTA Online is making them the most money they've ever made. So what what do you need to make any other games for? But Right. So I get it. Mm. But ladies and gentlemen, again, nothing new releases this week. Waiting for the the fall to hit us with all of our titles. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode or watching this week's episode on the NerdWide Podcast. Don't forget to share it on your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcasting service. On social media, you can follow NerdWide at Nerd underscore Wide. On Twitter, you can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes. And you can follow Chris at MathTN7. On Facebook, just search in NerdWide Podcast or NerdWide will be the first one that pops up. You can follow us there, and all the social media is the first way you can find out when the episodes are posted live. But ladies and gentlemen, that has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast, and we can't wait to come with you next week with Bob Saget's uh, tribute special on Netflix and Miss Marvel Episode 6, the finale, to see if the show actually wraps up. We'll see you guys next week, and we'll talk about it then.